Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. It appears the Steelers tried and failed to bring in Quan Alexander, an in-free agency, an off-ball linebacker, who they did bring into the facility for a visit, but he left the facility without a contract. We'll talk about an update with that situation and what it means for what the Steelers might be trying to do with their final few spots on the roster before OTAs begin. We'll talk about that and the return of Mason Rudolph, all that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as Pirates Talk. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We got Ray Fittipato and Jason Mackey on again today. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And as always, you can find this show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting app, and especially on YouTube. Watch this video on YouTube if you enjoy it. Subscribe to our channel, like this video, and you can get all the different episodes that we do here. But also, there's tons of other content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette every day, both at our website, post-gazette.com, and on all our podcasting and YouTube uh, platforms. As I said before, we're joined by Ray Filippano, one of our Steam Steelers beat writers here. Ray Quan Alexander was reportedly sent in or brought in by the Steelers Monday evening for a visit. As he's an off-ball linebacker, he'll be 29 years old when the season starts. He was once a fourth-round pick for the Buccaneers, who kind of matured into a good linebacker. But then he dealt with several injuries, bounced around from team to team. Then he kind of looked decent again last year with the Jets and is still currently a free agent. But he left Pittsburgh reportedly without signing a contract. Does that put him completely out of the range of a Steelers signing him now, Ray? Or are we, or is this maybe just maybe the two sides are mulling over something? Yeah, no, I wouldn't rule out Quan Alexander signing at some point. I mean, listen, I, I think sometimes guys are brought in for visits, they take physicals, and you know a contract is, is hammered out. And there are other occasions, like we saw a few weeks ago with Bud Dupree, where maybe a contract is laid out. And you cannot come to terms for whatever reason. As we learned with Bud Dupree, um, you know, he was not looking for a long-term deal that the Steelers offered. The Steelers offered, um, wanted, needed a two-year deal, and he just wanted a one-year prove-it deal where he could go back on the market next year. Now, Quan Alexander is probably in a little bit of a different boat. Uh, For the last couple of years, he has been signing these one-year deals, you know, uh, cheap vet minimum deals uh, mm-hmm. last year played for the Jets, as you mentioned. I, I thought he played pretty well, too. So, you know, very well might be a situation now where uh, he's looking around and uh, maybe he didn't like the offer the Steelers made. Maybe he's looking for some better offers or some better opportunities for playing time. We don't know that just yet, but um, you are right. Uh, he was in town. Uh, a, me- uh, uh, a meeting was was held, but they did not get a contract done, and We'll see where it goes from here. We will see where it goes from here. But, Ray, what does this say to you about the Steelers' 
desires as far as filling out their roster. Is linebacker that important that they go and get a guy in their late 20s uh, who was a, he started 12 games last year. Do you think that's going to be the priority with filling one of these last couple of roster spots they have available? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important for one reason. We all know they signed Holcomb and the Landon Roberts to be the two starters this year, but mm-hmm. Holcomb is coming off uh, off-season foot surgery, and he's not really going to be involved in OTAs or even minicamp, I don't think. I, I think their plan is to, you know, get him ready for training camp and, um, you know, see how he is then. So, you know, for, for the for the next four weeks, three OTAs, three weeks worth of OTAs and one week of minicamp, you have Landon Roberts, you have Mark Robinson, and you have Tay Crowder. That's it. Now, Tay Crowder played in some games for the Giants last season, but he spent last most of last season, the final couple of weeks, on the practice squad of the Steelers. Mark Robinson – didn't get a hat until what week fifteen, yeah. week sixteen, where he finally played some defensive snaps. I know they like him, but can you trust? Uh, can you trust him to be the top backup on the inside right now after having what four games of NFL experience or whatever? I agree. It is? So it's a, it's a I, I do ass. think, yeah. So I, I do think it's a priority for them. Um, you know, I, I think they will have another veteran in here. Um, you know, before the season starts. And uh, I think there's some guys who are still out there who might be worth investigating. I, I, I agree with that. Let's go over some of the names out here. And this is just, just a few here who are who are on the list. But these are guys who I think that age-wise could still be within the range here. Now, Anthony Barr is still available. He's 31, a little bit older there, uh, former first-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. But other guys I think that could be more in the range of what the Steelers want. Jalen Smith at 28 years old. Granted, he's had a lot of injuries in his career, more than Quan Alexander. But another guy I think who the Steelers were at one time looking at in the NFL draft many years ago was Rashawn Evans, linebacker most recently with the Falcons. He was a first-round pick for the Titans years ago when the Steelers were trying to fill the void of of Ryan Shazier. And then there's also Zach Cunningham, former Houston Texan most recently with the Tennessee Titans. He's 28 years old. Are are these all reasonable expectations, though, though, Ray? Or could we be looking at, you know what, like, hey, they didn't get their guy at a linebacker. Maybe they're going to use this investment somewhere else on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those guys you mentioned, Chris, are guys who were former first-round picks, have made some money in this league, and maybe they just have it in their minds that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to sign in May to play for the vet minimum when I know the way this league works and I know that there's going to be injuries and maybe I can get a better deal in July or August. So I think that's part of what's going on here. One guy you did not mention was Kyle Van Noy. Mm. Um, I don't think he's a former first-round pick, but he was – he was a mid-round pick and uh, had a very nice career, you know, with the Patriots and uh, I believe with the Lions and most recently with the Chargers. Now he's 32. I think he's going to be 33 years old, but uh, he would be another guy, you know, who might fit. But what it comes down to, Chris, is can you find good veterans who are willing to play on cheap contracts? I mean, that's what it's all about now. You know, we just we we saw this uh, transpire with with Mason Rudolph here in the last couple of days, and I know we're going to talk about him next segment, but. Sometimes guys have to realize what their worth is. And, uh, you know, sometimes the only way you can learn that is free agency. So maybe Rashawn Evans is going through that now. Maybe these, some, some of these other guys are going through that now too. But uh, it's a brutal business. A lot of these guys enter free agency thinking they're going to make a lot of coin, and then it doesn't work out that way. So uh, sometimes these guys just have to come to terms um, of what they're going to play for if they want to continue playing in the NFL. 
and, and another thing about this too, linebacker is just a different market. It's not linebacker is not like corner where it's a bunch of guys are getting signed for tons of money. If you're not a top tier linebacker, you're scraping the bottle of the barrel because people yeah. aren't just aren't valuing the position. They'll draft the new guy that comes into the league, the young guys that are, that are playing there. Um, but like you know, if you're not Roquan Smith or one of those top tier guys, it's tough to get a decent linebacker comp contract. I think you see the same thing with the safety position in the NFL. Teams aren't just aren't valuing certain positions, especially when you're not a top-tier athlete coming out of the draft and there's the potential that you could cost a team decent salaries cap space. Yeah, I agree. You look at the way um, free agency has gone the last couple of years, really big contracts for outside corners, even Cam Sutton, who's a good outside corner but has versatility. He got a lot of money. Uh, we all know edge rushers – command a lot of money. Look what's going on in the interior defensive tackle market, you know, with Quinn and Williams and, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence now. Those guys are making a ton of money. I know they're staying with their own teams, but, I mean, the, the market right now is in pass rush and it's in pass coverage. And as you mentioned, if you're an off-the-ball linebacker or if you're a safety, you're kind of out of luck. That's just the way it is right now in the NFL. I, I agree. It kind of it is that way. But the Steelers did make a signing. Well, reportedly they've agreed. They've agreed to terms with another a former Steeler coming back, and it's Mason Rudolph. I want to get Ray's thoughts on Mason Rudolph's return and what it means for the quarterback room moving forward. We'll talk about that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at GameTime.co, where you can buy tickets for your favorite events and it won't be stressful. Why? Because GameTime is the app you can download right to your phone, and it's going to make it a fast and easy way to buy tickets for your favorite events, whether you're sporting events, music events, comedy, theater, anything near you. If there's a big event going on, GameTime's going to help you find the killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee that'll knock your socks off. You can also stop stressing over tickets and start getting excited, exciting for the fun that you're about to have at the events all because of game time. Again, download the game time app right to your phone and you can book tickets up to the last minute, even if you didn't plan out far in advance or you think that tickets are just so expensive. And how do you know that the, that, they're, that they're the best available? Well, they have give you exclusive flash deals on tickets for all sorts of events, football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, anything near you. And they have what's called the game time guarantee. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less at the same event, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app today and create an account. When you create an account, use code P-I-T-T-PIT and for all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase of $150 or more or go to their website gametime.co terms and conditions apply create an account and redeem code pittpit all capital letters all one word and you'll get $20 off that first purchase of over $150 download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipano, continuing our talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it appears that 
the Steelers are bringing back Mason Rudolph, as as you and Brian Batko reported uh, on, on Tuesday. And Mason Rudolph being back is an interesting proposition here because I, I think for the Steelers, this is a win because now your third-string quarterback won't just have to be a Tanner Morgan or a person that you're taking a wild guess on. You know exactly who your third-string quarterback is. And I know some people out there saying, Chris, Ray, who cares about third-string quarterbacks? Well, maybe some people should because there were several times last season where the Steelers were one play away from needing a third-string quarterback. And just a few years ago, we saw them need their third-string quarterback here. And with Mason Rudolph, this gives you three guys who have all started in your offense, who are all used to your offense now. And I think it just gives you this extra security. And I'd bet to wager here, Ray, that – they didn't have to pay too much to get him. They let him try free agency. He didn't get any get any big deals there. So now he's coming back to the place that he knows. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be for much more than the, the vet minimum, Chris. Um, we know what they're paying Mr. Trubisky to be the backup. It's the highest paid backup in the league. And I think you're right. You know, for Mason Rudolph, it makes all the sense in the world to come back here. Free agency didn't work out the way you wanted. So now you come back to a familiar circumstance, a familiar locker room, and you get to stay in the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a win-win for the Steelers. I think right now with the way mobility is desired by NFL head coaches and offensive coordinators, um, more and more you need guys um, deeper on the roster. Look what happened with, with Kenny Pickett last season. He was concussed twice. Now, I know a lot of that was him trying to make plays out of the pocket, maybe didn't get rid mm-hmm. of the ball soon enough, but – uh, the fact of the matter is he still was injured twice and they had to go to Mr. Trubisky late in the season to win a game in Carolina to keep their playoff hopes alive. So um, I, I, I think as long as teams are employing these guys um, who aren't pocket passers, who are maybe in harm's way more than others, I think it's, it's more important than ever to have quality depth on your quarterback roster. And I think, honestly, the Steelers have that. I, I think you could argue that Mr. Trubisky is one of the better backups in the NFL Certainly Mason Rudolph, one of the more experienced um, third-string quarterbacks. Now, a lot of other teams have better starting quarterbacks, right? And you could probably make an argument that Kenny Pickett is somewhere like in that 12 to to 15, 17 range of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But, hey, sometimes depth is important. We'll see how it plays out this year. But I I think the Steelers are in a pretty good spot right now with the quarterback room as it is. Okay, just me – Thinking, thinking uh, outside the box here. We're talking about Mason Rudolph coming back. Is there a chance that Ma- that Mason Rudolph coming back? We talked about that. You talked about that high cap number for Mitch Trubisky. Is there a chance that with Mason Rudolph coming back, that the Steelers might entertain the possibility of flipping Mitch Trubisky to another team to, to remove that salary cap space if they can get some compensation for it? Uh, considering Mitch Trubisky, you know he's a, he's a, he was a first a high first round draft pick. Uh, he won games for the Steelers last year, and Mason Rudolph again has been a backup quarterback for the Steelers, who they know they can work with. Or is that kind of just fool's gold? The Steelers wouldn't do that. They're just going to be really happy to stick with their three guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to listen to Omar Khan and take him at his word, Chris. I know you were at the combine in February. You listened to Omar speak there. You know, he, he made it clear they, they want Mitch Trubisky as the, as the backup quarterback, and he said they'd like to do business with Mitch beyond the 2023 season. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't think he would say that and then turn around and cut him or trade him just to save, you know, what is it, $10 million 
dollars on the salary cap. So, you know, Mason Rudolph was signed to be the number three here. That's the way it is. Mitch Trubisky is entrenched as the number two. And I think, the, you know, the other stuff, some of the speculation that's out there is just pure, you know, salary cap uh, stuff, people trying to make a talking point. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I I hear you there. That's why I wanted to ask because I, I know that that's going to be coming at some point during the long off season of yep. us waiting for training camp. Someone's going to theorize that, and I wanted yep. I thought it'd be great to talk about that first with you before it went out there. And I agree with you because, like you said, one they they like Mitch Trubisky, and frankly, they like Mason Rudolph. Like I know there's some animus in the city against Mason Rudolph, but this was a guy who came in. Did said nothing. You know, he came behind Ben Roethlisberger, never complained about that. His second year, he got a chance to start, won a few games, literally got knocked out by Earl Thomas, then yeah. was clobbered, clobbered over the head by Miles Garrett with a helmet. And then after that, stayed quiet. When Ben Roethlisberger came back, didn't say nothing, was ready when when, he, when his number was called upon, when they when his first year came up where maybe he was going to be the starter, they signed Mitch Trubisky, they draft Kenny Pickett. You don't hear him complain about it. He takes it on the chin. He goes in the training camp, work, works hard, ends up being the third-string quarterback, and, he, and he's still ready to go, and he's still helping his team. And we even saw that on the sidelines, him, Mitch, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, all three of them were kind of were, were, were kind of helping each other, being there for each other. He was a good teammate through all of this. I don't think there's any reason to dislike Mason Rudolph, and I think that that's another reason why the Steelers are probably happy he's back. I think Mason just wanted to see could he get a score on on the on the free agency market. He didn't. Let me go back to the people that know me. I mean, listen. Do, do you blame Mason Rudolph if he wanted to change a scenery after last season? Not at all. Right. I mean, listen. I mean, he. I, I remember the first week or even two weeks of camp. He was by far the best quarterback in camp. Mm-hmm. He was out there making plays, and then he really doesn't get a chance to earn the starting job. Um, You know, I I think there was some animosity there. And I, you know, I do think that if another team stepped up and made him an offer, a strong offer, he wouldn't be here. But the fact of the matter is no teams were out there, um, you know, waving money bags in front of him. No teams apparently thought he was even worthy of being a backup. So he's back here. I think it's good for the Steelers. I, I think he's a good guy in the locker room. I think a lot of the guys in there like him and I think he's a good, a good pro and a good teammate. And when it comes to third string quarterbacks, I think that's important. Same here. I think it it helps to have a guy that everyone likes around. Um, Mason Rudolph certainly has been around the organization, uh, all positive things there. uh, I think as far as bringing him back and now again, you have a quarterback room that's full of experience. They can all work together. They can all kind of be on the same page. There won't be questions about the pecking order. Like there was last year. I think everyone will just kind of expect, Hey, it's going to, it's going to be Kenny. It's going to be Mitch. It's going to be Mason. And everyone can kind of just be in their roles be prepared, and the Steelers come into, come into training camp with a much more level sense of what they expect things to look like. So, uh, again, all in all, I think a good situation for both sides there, to one, for Mason to keep getting an NFL contract, and two, for the Steelers to get back an experienced veteran quarterback as a third option in case they reach an emergency situation. Ray, thanks so much for talking Steelers with us here on the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. We're going to switch it up and go Pirates in just a second. They had another brutal loss for nothing to the Tigers on Tuesday night. We'll get you some thoughts from Jason Mackey, who was there in Detroit before they take on the Tigers for their rematch at 1.10 p.m. Eastern and Wednesday afternoon. All that and more here on the Wednesday morning edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switch topics from the Steelers to the Pirates. Jason Mackey, live in Detroit after a tough, another tough 4-0 loss for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They play again on short order. Jason and I are recording this 10.30 p.m. Eastern here on Tuesday night. They play again 1.10 p.m. Eastern Wednesday. So, Jason, you're going to have a quick turnaround for a game here, and the Pirates are going to have need a quick turnaround if they want to avoid getting swept. Yeah, and not an easy turnaround either, Chris. Um, that's the tough part. I mean, if there was a game in this two-game series you'd want to get, it was tonight. They didn't come close to getting it. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, I think we talked about him the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just absolutely ridiculous. He's given up one earned run in his past five starts. It's a very <laughs> tall task. Now, baseball's weird. So who knows? I mean, the Pirates offense can't do anything right these days. And Eduardo Rodriguez can't give up, you know, isn't giving up any runs. So, of course, they'll like hang 10 on him. Who the heck knows? Uh, (laughs) But right now, based on what I saw tonight, I mean, that was as feeble as a performance with this team as I've seen. And I've seen some bad ones. Uh, There was just no chance of them getting a hit. Michael Lorenzen had their number, had them caught in between. Um, We're asking postgame, you know, Derek Shelton, like, what do you do? Um, I have certain opinions on, on that. We can go various directions. But, I mean, I know this, Chris. They need to do something. What, what, what is currently happening cannot continue. They have to fix this. They need some sort of help. Uh, and, and, honestly, it's, it's, they're not getting help, especially from the guys that were brought in to be more reliable. Brian Reynolds came in, went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts at the, at the, at the second spot in the, in the order. Andrew McCutcheon did have a hit, but also a strikeout, only hit one, one of four. Nobody had multiple hits. They come out here with just five hits and 31 at-bats. It's just – I know it's starting to sound like a broken record, but they've got to wake up for, from whatever hitting slump that they're in, and they need some sort of spark somewhere. And I know that, yeah, O'Neill Cruz being gone, very real problem here, but there's got to be something that they can lock in. Have you been able to identify in the biggest factor that's leading to these problems at the plate? I mean, a whole ton of stuff, man. It, it really, it's hard to isolate on one thing. I mean, but if I, I'll try to answer the question in a sensible way. Sure, they're striking out too much for what they are. Like, they're a contact on base team. Um, over the past 14 games, I believe I looked up, they have 140 strikeouts, third most in Major League Baseball. That can't happen. I mean, that just it's can't. You can't. You need to get on base more. You need to make more contact. Um, hitting with runners on base, that wasn't a problem tonight because they didn't get anybody on base. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I, I don't understand a lot of what they're doing with their lineup. Um, like, look at the middle infield right now. You've got Chris Owings, Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay, um, and I'm missing a guy, Tucapita Marcano. And you're basically rotating on either side of the bag every night, playing matchups. You're not allowing anybody to get comfortable. I understand from Derek Shelton's standpoint why he does it. Like, nobody sort of set down roots and, and said, you know, I'm going to take over this position. But – the effect of it is just guys can't really get in there. And, you know, another thing tonight um, to, to sort of wrap up this point anyway, Michael Lorenzen, he's been a reverse split guy so far. Um, so, like, left-handers have not fared well at all. The Pirates love, you know, staying opposite sides, right? He throws right-handed, so they want left-handed hitters in the game. And they loaded up with them, and they didn't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. you have Connor Joe on the bench. You have Rodolfo Castro on the bench. I don't understand that. I just don't like, you know, play either play your best hitters, play the hitters that make sense. Um, So that's a long winded way of saying there's a lot of stuff with this offense, Chris, I don't like and understand right now. You and I have been very patient with Derek Shelton with, you know, struggles, being coming into a new situation and figuring things out. 
how much of this is falling on his shoulders right now with not making adjustments like the one you just talked about? Yeah, I mean, that's that right there is on shelf. Uh, he constructs the lineup. He's the one that's going to take, you know, I want this matchup and, you know, I'm, I'm going to prefer uh, to go, you know, basically here you're going left on right as opposed to going right on right against a reverse split guy or whatever. Like that's Shelton's call and it didn't work out for him. But uh, is, is it his fault that certain guys are underperforming? I don't know. I mean, they're professional baseball players. I don't even like the idea of blaming Andy Haynes. And I hear a lot of that, the Pirates hitting coach. You know, fire Andy Haynes. It's Andy Haynes' fault. Really? I mean, because like three weeks ago, he was getting praised for this offense being really good. Like, let, let's hold the players accountable. If we're going to get mad at anything, they need to produce. And a lot of these guys are paid to produce, and they're not producing. And they should be criticized for it. Like, I'm very much in the favor of, like, being fair to these guys and treating them like human beings and don't be a jerk in your coverage. But, like, if you're not producing, it's my job to point out that you're not producing. It's fans' jobs to have an opinion on a guy that's not producing. If you're not happy with it and he's making $8 million bucks or whatever, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't blame you. He should, he should be producing. But anyway, um, that's just my, my sermon on, you know, guys that are getting paid money to provide offense should be providing offense, and they're not getting enough of it right now from key sources. No, from key, I hear you on that. Um, let's talk about some pitching coming up. You got Rich Hill back on the mound. He's 3-3 three and three on the season against Rodriguez, like, like you mentioned here. What does Rich have to do uh, Wednesday afternoon to kind of get things back in order and maybe be the first pitcher not named Mitch Keller to get a win for the Pirates in a long time? I know. I don't like their chances if they only win every one of Mitch's starts. Um, so what the message with Rich or the, the idea with Rich is it's to not leave his stuff atop the zone. He, he gets mm-hmm. in trouble when he hangs his stuff. He, obviously, the velocity doesn't matter. Uh, but it's all about location, sequencing, that sort of thing. He knows how to pitch. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's gotten into trouble this season, though, when he's hung curveballs, when he's left fastballs up, sweepers up. I mean, as long as he's keeping the ball down in the zone, keeping it away, staying out of the middle of the plate, he's been very good. Um, I do worry a little bit, though, Chris. This Tiger line, Tigers lineup is very good. Uh, you saw it tonight, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. They've got some good young players, and they're playing well right now, so. Not an easy task for Mr. Hill by any stretch. Doesn't look like it right now because the, Tig- the Tigers played well. As on uh, They played well Tuesday night, and they're cut with a quick turnaround Wednesday morning before the Pirates come back, and they play some teams with some pretty good records, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers uh, back at home. We'll see if all that happens here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Jason Mackey, as always, will keep you up to date. He's on the road in Detroit. Jason, thanks so much for keeping us up to date with with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Catch all of his work at post-gazette.com, just like you catch all of our work there, and catch all of the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as all of the content that comes out, whether it's video on YouTube or audio on all our podcasting apps, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. we got daily content for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. I'll be back Friday, probably with Jason wrapping up the week to talk in baseball and Brian Batko getting us ready for Steelers OTAs, which are right around the corner. All that and more here here from the Post-Gazette. Thanks again for checking out the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, Click the link down below in the description.
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. 